You are listening to Mark Hatmaker Rough and Tumble Raconteur. This is a grab bag of old school Western martial arts, resurrected indigenous ways and empirical musings tinged with a heavy dose of respect, admiration, let's call it hero worship, for these hosses of yore. Let's do a little bit of audio right here. What are we doing? This evening, ladies and gentlemen, thought we'd have that right in front of this week's podcast on some tactical driving. Crew, this is Mark Hatmaker coming to you from the Comancheria. Uh, today, we're going to talk a little bit about tactical driving because I'm still running on high. Last night was the fifth, sixth, seventh. Good God, I don't know how many times I ran into, uh, did some demolition derby driving. Why? Because it's fun. <laughs> There's no better way to find out about it, a little bit of crash survival than uh, putting yourself through about 60, 70 car crashes in a single evening. And uh, But with that said, everything we're talking about here in tactical driving, just it's, it's, it applies to YOU. This doesn't have to be just escape protocols and such. All the tips and tactics I'm giving it, uh, to you is everything that I, you know, I've called from uh, other uh, rally drivers, uh, personal protection uh, drivers, uh, old school race drivers. I'm really enamored of Marty Oldfield and those, those early guys when you've got uh, the cars were, were working because you drove them. It's not all the ABS and everything just really working for us. A lot of what we have going on with cars right now is uh, taking up our slack, taking up where our, our errors come into play. And uh, let alone the fact, just like uh, in the old days, uh, you had to be a good horseman and you get to drive your own horse every day. Those few tons of steel. So let's get, go ahead and get into it. We're, uh, before we, later on, we'll talk about some more really specific tactics with everything that's going on. This is just the overall uh, way to approach your thinking about it. Uh, like, we'll take a who probably you would think in everyday life has to have the best tactical driving or should have the best tactical driving. That would be your police officers. And we have to keep in mind because, you know, they're, they're driving their own steel steeds around and they have to engage in high speed arrivals or high speed pursuits. And keep this stat in mind. More officers die as a result of traffic fatality than shootouts. All right. And we think, well, we're all think more. We train so much harder on the gun and all this. Well, they spend far more time in that car and that vehicle moving around. And, you know, some of these are just the result of the more uh, time you're on the road, the more of these things happen. But hell, we're all on the road all the time. Keep in mind, though, when we hear that stat again, more officers die as a result of traffic fatalities than shootouts. And then most of us would still go down to the uh, sexy romanticism of just wanting to know a uh, work the firearm. Hell, I like firearms too, but you're going to be in a vehicle far more. So why not? You've got more opportunity to become damned good at getting the basics down and you don't even have to learn these at speed i mean the best rally drivers or anyone we're going to tell you you learn them slow in your everyday work is what you do there is uh, what you're going to do there. how you train is how you fight so really how you're training all the time is how you drive if you can't do it slow you really can't even do it fast now the two main causes of accidents would be the misuse or overuse of steering and or the misuse of overuse of your brakes. If we are not conscious of braking and steering practices under zero pressure, now when we are surprised, as we will be under duress, our vehicle input will be reflective of that surprise. And we're saying surprise, that could be accident avoidance. Hell, I caught a, a skid, I'm hydroplaning, or it might actually be going, hey, I got to get this loved one to the hospital. And, you know, stat, I'm, I'm, hit, I'm hitting the horn, I got the hazards on, it's time to go. Or let's say everything breaks down and, uh, you know, the shit hits the fan and, you know, it really is mad. Max world out there, Fury Road. I mean, you just got to be able to do it, let alone hell. It's just fun to drive fast or drive well and, you know, and do what you can. Um, 
what we want to do, obviously, is we want to strive for 100% vehicle control when 100% of the time. So uh, I'm going to really flog this horse. Again, i got to go back, take it back. If we're talking tactical driving, we're assuming that you're, you're serious. You're a serious hoss out there. Same thing if we're saying whenever you're training, if you sandbag your training, eh, I'm pretending to do this drill. I'm pretending to hit the bag a little bit. What's the point in it? Don't even do it that day. you got to go in there and mean it. Same thing when you're driving. You want to be in that moment, man. That's what you're there to do. And keep in mind, it's not how fast you drive. It is how consistent and efficient you drive, all right? So, uh, you know, further down the road, one of these days, we'll get into really specific t- uh, uh, ideas and tactics behind here. But right now, you gotta, this is where it all starts. Oh, well, you need to think of your vehicle. It is a platform. Literally, it is a platform. Here we got this little horse, uh, horizontal platform that's just, you know, lifted off the ground by these uh, four points of contact. Now, that platform, any input, be it the gas, the brake, a change in direction will cause a change in the platform's balance via those weight transfers, okay? Good drivers are always conscious of how that platform is moving uh, through uh, the weight transfers. It's pitching and yawing and rolling. Now, your command position, that is your driver's seat, is as near the center of gravity as the engineers can make it without still making accommodations for you know, these being passenger vehicles for the most part. So, uh, I mean, there's a lot of engineering going in that vehicle to help and, you know, helping us out that we're not really cognizant of. We're too busy going to so have Bluetooth. We really, we shouldn't, you know, really be really uh, involved with the sexiness of the command position. Now, this vehicle platform, this moves in three directions, all right? Pitch is motion from front to back in a horizontal plane. Hell, your boat has pitch on it. Planes have pitch on it, all right? And so does your vehicle. Yaw, Y-A-W, is lateral motion around the command position. So that's pretty much left to right, all right? Same thing, boats and planes have that. And then roll is side-to-side rocking. So you've got pitch, yaw, and roll. Again, boats, planes, and vehicle, uh, your, your automobile all respond to these same forces as a platform. And your job as a good sailor, a good pilot, and as a good driver is to understand what each of these changes in platform position can do and how they affect your driving under stress or at speed under unusual terrain, unusual forces. Because even just, you know, road terrain, vehicle terrain, I mean, it really alters this. Whether it goes from concrete to asphalt to gravel to dirt, there's a lot to be, I mean, hell, just going over a bridge can change things. And whenever you get more of these things under your belt and under your mind, it makes driving more engaging. Hell, I don't even ride with you know a podcast or music or anything when I'm driving because it's so busy. Now, once you get more into it, you start going, oh, there's so much to pay attention to and play with. I mean, you even when you are sitting in traffic, a lot of people go, I don't really even mind anything like that because I'm so busy now trying to always you know enact the things that uh, you're, you're learning from the hosses and make sure you got them going all the time. Now, when your car is at rest, that platform is at its most stable. Makes complete sense, right? It is also stable moving forward at a constant speed in a straight line. So those are the two stable points, completely at rest or moving forward, straight line, constant speed. Anytime we let off the gas or apply brakes, this pitches weight transfer to the front of the vehicle. So let off the gas or apply brakes, we pitch weight forward. If we release the brakes or apply 
uh, gas, it pitches the weight transfer to the rear of the vehicle. Okay, I don't expect you to have all these memorized yet, but if you keep in mind what pitch, yaw, and roll uh, rolls are, and next time you're driving, you start really paying attention because most of it just get in the car and just, we just go somewhere, and then we start really paying attention. Hey, this platform is moving around through all these different forces here. This is basic physics, but it just isn't something you didn't, you know, in, you know, in high school or middle school. This is something you get, you're doing every damn day, and then you really get to play with it and see how it applies and uh, what we can do with that. Now, anytime we change directions, this rolls weight from side to side. Okay, that makes sense. We can all feel that whenever you get this slight lean or something starts moving around your floorboard or uh, what have you. If you change direction, this will also shift weight forward, even with small amounts of steering. Meaning, so if I take a, a uh, I'm got a straightaway and I make a, a, a gentle left-hand curve, there will be a shift slightly towards that uh, right outside uh, corner right there. Things will kind of move forward that way. So if a slight turn to the right, roll transfers weight to the left and pitches forward uh, left a bit. So we kind of get that, you know, left, right, and that's how it works. Now, we need to understand the effects, whenever we're pitching forward this way, of the suspension on platform control, all right? So whenever these are pitching forward, the suspension starts taking up some of that slack. This energy is stored in the suspension system through a curve during a turn or during braking and under acceleration. Now, this stored energy must be dissipated, right? And the key to controlling the release of spring energy is smooth steering. Most of the time, people are just powering through. It's called hot cornering. I mean, you can do this. Obviously, you can see it in a race too hot, and you can lose control of it. But we see this. I mean, I mean, there's no one. My wife is very used to it. I'm calling it all the time. It's like it's a, a play-by-play announcer's ESPN uh, uh, commentary. Every time we're driving, I'll take it. You know, that's hot corner right there. Oh, he's bringing it in there. Man, ease and squeeze. It's just constantly calling it. You're looking at people going, have no idea. Really, in a sense, what they're doing, people think they're driving well just because they're moving it around like they're playing Mario Kart. Whenever actually what's making the car get to where it's going is smooth engineering, ABS, good suspension systems. It's really taking up everyone else's slack. So, again, stored energy must be dissipated from that suspension. The key to controlling the release of spring energy, again, is smooth steering. You want to be smooth with all this. No herky-jerkiness. So now, smaller vehicles with less overall weight and vehicles with high centers of gravity. Now, these require more smooth steering uh, care. And you know what I'm talking about. If you've ever done the experience going from, you know, taking some corners and, and you're on vehicle, then you go hit a go-kart track with these little small things right there. You can feel how much more precarious this is. And you can get the slightest. You can do a millimeter pull on that steering wheel at speed. You can feel yourself, oh, that's a little bit too much. You get an overcorrect from there. Even that small overcorrection can feel like too much. Or if you're ever trying to really drive in a real high base vehicle, realize, hey, you take that curve with any kind of hotness on it, and a little pepper on it, that thing's going to pitch on you or it's going to roll. So you, you can't have that. So uh, when we got something really nice and compact to the ground, I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's why race cars are built the way they are. They, they, smoo- uh, they, they kind of hug things a bit more. And uh, most of the vehicles we all drive around, we got to have a little bit of care. They don't have this necessarily high wheel base or super small base, but realize the smooth steering is key. And uh, driving a bigger vehicle and a smaller vehicle can really help uh, uh, highlight that fact for you. Now, the suspension systems were devised to smooth out our erratic work at the wheel. Now, any herky-jerkiness experienced tells us how badly 
we're doing. We're poor enough drivers as it is, but if the suspension can't even correct for us, well, boy, howdy right there, right? Now, to drive well, we must work with your suspension system. So to make that happen, you want to strive for some smooth steadiness when you're moving around, smooth steadiness in your acceleration and your braking. You want to slow down and start making smooth steering inputs, okay? You don't drive well at speed if you can't do it slowly. Unfortunately, uh, with traffic laws everywhere we're going, uh, we have the, there's really the traffic law, they're really calibrated quite well. When you see whatever the speed is in a curve, you go, yeah, that's pretty much the limit on it, man. That's about it. Now, we can take corners, uh, curves faster, but we think we're doing well. But if you really pay attention to platform control and then, you know, the pitch and the roll and the yaw and such, you realize, oh, this is not actually, I'm not doing this well. I've got, I, I've, I don't have platform control. If all of a sudden this terrain changed on me, we, we add some water to it, we add some gravel to it, I actually would be out of control at this point. So one of the main things to train your tactical uh, driving is to be very cognizant of uh, pitch, yaw, roll, platform control, slow down, make smooth steering inputs, smooth acceleration, smooth braking. Uh, here's a few, uh, as we wrap this up, a few practical tips you can play with this. Uh, you don't want to gas this thing. You don't want to hit the gas or the brake in a curve. No cur- no matter what it is. You want to use your straightaways in anything. This is just even whenever you're doing, you're driving your back roads. I'm in East Tennessee. Every, everything's a curve because we're working around mountains and ridge lines constantly straightaways where you're applying the input. So I want to ease and squeeze as I'm coming up and on any of these uh, curves. So it doesn't mean I'm not using a brake at all or not using gas at all, but I'm saying I do not add to the input as I'm going into them. I might brake a bit as I'm coming into the curve, but I make sure I ease up through the straightaway, ease into that braking, or I'm ease, and then as I ease into it, I don't apply any more as I'm moving through the curve. I got to have keep suspension, I mean, load the suspension properly, have good input control. And as I come out of the curve, then I ease back over onto the gas. I don't hit it hard or anything like that because that's going to pitch all the uh, the way to the rear, and I'm not making smooth uh, use of the transfer there. So and you, know, you want to ease and squeeze, stay off your inputs or keep your uh, inputs kind of like maintained as you're moving through those curves. Uh, all, all your stop, if there's any kind of rocking on your stops or your starts, again, poor use of that platform control. A great way to uh, test this is, uh, is to, you know, travel with something in the seat next to you. You're going to put something on the floorboard or the floor. If you put a glass of water, I mean, some experts recommend taking a glass of milk because uh, it's going to, you're going to pay, uh, you, you'll be even more careful with it and set it on the floorboard. Full glass, too, is what we're talking here. And as you're going out and you're driving around and doing all your errands for that day or back and forth from work, if you start spilling, if you knock it over immediately or you spill it or this thing kind of slops out, let you know that's horrible platform control. You should be able to drive well without knocking it over. And that doesn't necessarily mean driving like five miles per hour. Uh, you're Initially, if you, start, if you try this experiment, you're going to realize you will start more slowly. And that's a good thing. That means you're trying to pay attention to how the platform works, but then you'll get to where when you've got that milk out there, you'll be able to start going with the actual posted speed limits are, and through smooth platform control, you'll be able to drink that milk when you get home, every last damn drop of it. But if you start mooting, if you drop the milk over immediately, or you're spilling it everywhere, and just because you're driving fast, that doesn't mean you drive well. That just means that... Uh, you drive poorly and the engineers are taking up your slack. Again, we'll get deeper into the weeds in this topic uh, some other day. It may not be everyone's cup of tea, but uh, you know, I'm fascinated by it. I mean, hell, it's a tactical thing we get to do every damn day. So why not uh, you know, pick up more skill at it? So take care of yourself, crew. If you ever get a chance to drive a demolition derby, my advice is do it.
Well, if you dig what we just discussed today, uh, I'd like to invite you to like and subscribe to the podcast. Hell, support it if you want. I'm not your dad. Do what you want. And if you're a glutton for punishment, uh, just visit our website, ExtremeSelfProtection.com. You'll find links to the blog, all of our products, and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of more pages of like musics. <laughs>